Okay, well, hello, everybody, and um, as is the want for us to do uh, at this time of the year, this is our year five cast interview. I can't believe it. We've actually been at this for five years. I figured we'd be done with this in like two, and here we are five years. We're only level 15, although we're, we're getting close to wrapping it up. It's, uh, it seems like we're, we're in the race to the finish here. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, pretty amazing. So um, we'll go around here real quick and introduce everybody. So we've got Matt here. Yep. Hello, everybody. And we've got Bryce. With extra electronic sound. Nice. And Owen. Hello. And Drew. How in the world did you plan for a two-year campaign and we're at five years? That boggles the mind. Well, it's all the side quests. And Melanie. I'm here. Oh, very good. Okay, very good. So, um, taking a look back, a year ago at this time, believe it or not, you guys had all biffed your roles trying to deceive the cloud giants when you landed on their front step on their floating castle in the sky. That was a year ago? That was a year ago. That was like ago. four months ago. Time flies when you're having fun and rolling nat ones. That was time? That was... By far, I thought I think the most brutal example of horrible gods of dice just cursing a party in this entire five-year campaign. I mean, nothing, not even the Underdark did we roll that badly in. I was I was a gog. I was a gog. You guys, you know, kept rolling just – and the worst part was is like a couple of people would roll really well and then the critical person who had to roll well would get a five. It was just, it was amazing. Anyways, but yes, you had, uh, a year ago, you all had alighted on the Cloud Giant Castle uh, doorstep and rolled really terrible on your deception rolls trying to get in. And uh, they did let you in, though. And uh, you, you weren't sure at that point in time if, if you had just, you know, passed it off or what the story was. But they did let you in. And you got a uh, room in the castle for, uh, for guest accommodations. And that's when... Um, Adri decided to sneak out and find out what was with this ambassador across the hall from you. And it turned out to be someone that looked exactly like no one, which is interesting enough because that's a name we're not even using anymore. And, um, but then before you could investigate that further, you had to all go off to court and talk to the uh, Duke and Duchess there um, of the clouds, the, the cloud giant royalty. Um, and that was very frustrating for the lot of you because cotter could sense the phylactery in the building but they claim to have no knowledge of the phylactery's existence um and all your insight checks told you that they were telling you the truth so i mean either they were really good liars or they simply didn't know that they had a phylactery and uh you were unable to go and follow up any further because you had to go off with tea with the ladies uh, which was a lot of fun because y'all thought that maybe there was some like bone dust in your in your cakes. So that was that was uh, um, uncomfortable to say the least. So you had repaired back to your rooms, and um, that's when fate intervened, and no one tripped a secret door and got uh, basically zipped into the next room with the faux no one, 
And um, then Noan's backstory came out. And it turns out that uh, Noan's father was actually this ambassador that looks just like Noan. And um, he had actually created Noan looking to get a promotion in the devilish hierarchy, uh, knowing that the devilish features that he would pass on to his offspring would make him an outcast and would uh, trend him towards violence and even death, perhaps. So he was hoping for just an agent of chaos, which uh, was pretty much what he got out of it. And uh, that was uh, that was a little bit crushing, wasn't it uh, there, Matt? It was. It was. Um, but jokes on dad there, because because of that, I became a steadfast agent for good. Yes. So um, it literally turning over a new leaf for no one and getting a new name. And, and what is what is no one's new name now? You said no one. And now it's stuck. Give me a Sorry, second. Sorry. Yes. Don't you hate when that happens? Yes. You implanted it in there, Sorzak. Yes, the North Star. Yes. So uh, Sorzak is uh, the new the new Noan, and uh, yeah, you end up having to um, go up against Dad there, and uh, that didn't go real well. Noan was uh, laid low by his father after refusing the father's um, demand that he return to the underworld and be turned into a uh, a minor devil, which, as, as you pointed out, was a huge step down for you. Um, and then actually we bopped out to see the Loxodon, the elephant people real quick. And um, the Ariane who had enslaved them had them digging away at a hillside. And they went back to that hillside only to find that one of the stones in the stone wall that they had uncovered had been pushed out. And now um, creatures of the underworld were jetting out of there. And that ended up being a big old fight. Um, so what, what that means, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But that was an interesting aside. And then speaking of asides, um, the Dragonborn all had a huge mission. They uh, had gone looking for a missing page um, in the Cathedral of Dianect, only to find him deceased in the catacombs beneath the castle. And there um, they were assaulted by the honored dead, who were now rising as mummies from the niches in the walls. And that turned out to be a huge fight, but even worse it hinted that something was raising the dead here in Porta Magnum. So they went looking for what could possibly be causing that to happen. And they went, ended up finding it. Uh, they ended up tracking it down to the waterways beneath the city that transport the water throughout the, the entire seven tiers of the city. And it uh, turned out that Alowal himself had snuck in and was raising the dead and sending them about the city to attack everybody. And uh, how did that encounter with Alowal go? It went really well until someone did something very dumb. Well, yeah, like that scene from, you know, the two towers. Who was it, the one that decided yeah. to shoot Alowal? Who could it, it was, be? It was, uh, yeah. It wasn't dumb in, in the sense that, um, like, a bad call by a player. I actually thought it actually made a lot of sense for their youth uh, at the age they were that they would make a, an error like that in combat. And, you know, she was looking, she was actually, she, she, to her, it made perfect sense. Yeah, I, can, three, I can see why. Three and one. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, it, it turned out that uh, Melanie, your character, yep. um, managed to uh, go and Petron um, include Alowal in one of her attacks. And Alowal didn't take too well, and uh, Cone of Cold did the entire party almost all dead. 
Um, yeah. And yeah. in fact, actually, uh, some you know from behind the screen, a little little reveal here. Um, he was going to kill you all, and then it would just be down to making um, your death saves to see who lived and who died. But then all of a sudden, um, was it Heskin? It was. It was your character, Drew, right? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, made made a uh, uh, a plea, if you will, and, and said that you know I think you've already made your point, and I thought I thought about it for a second and said yes, you know if if this was a low all and he had beaten you all down to the earth and there's only one of you left standing, then yeah, he would he would deliciously love to just leave you dangling there as a uh, living uh, warning as to his power. So anyway, so the dragonborn ended up getting laid low, but thankfully no deads, uh, no deads. N- thankfully, none of them ended up dead. So that was good. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. <laughs> yes. And uh, then the we, turtle. we uh, um, went and actually had another aside. And this one was the first time we've ever done a miniseries. We, we've gone and ha- like had one, two, three episodes of uh, one of the other side stories uh, with the with the tabaxi or the dragonborn um, and uh, this time though we actually went and had a seven issue miniseries of the kittens and so you all got to play level one characters and how much fun is it to play level one characters uh, they're so easily dead actually it's not so bad because you get a chance to kind of reinvent yourself yeah i so, agree with matthew yep um and uh, although, um, as as Bryce found out, you you do end up being dead really quick if you're not careful. Um, he that that was another case of just the dice gods just completely smacking him down. Well, the bear right. smacked him down. That's for sure. Uh, with the dice gods, his dice roll, his dice roll, and that and like I, I think in a previous uh, interview, Melanie put it out best that for whatever reason, these new guys always wanted to wake up the yeah. lightest armored no hit point tissue papered person first and let the barbarian sleep yeah. while the bear eats everybody. <laughs> exactly. I um, just woke up who was closest and who knew what was going on with the book. Yep. Anyway. Um, so uh, yeah, so you all got to play level one tabaxi and you were roosted out of your um, tabaxi tree house in the middle of the night by the parents and uh, sent on the road to try to get away. Apparently a has been throwing, um, wave after wave of undead at the tabaxi treehouse, um, perhaps having realized where his spellbook had gone to. And so you were transporting his spellbook and trying to get it to Galchabar over in Waterfall City to make it safe. And uh, then the group got found out and the parents just gave you the, well, gave Sunset the book and then um, told you to run, run and don't look back. And so you, you all took off across country trying to uh, make it there to uh, safety in Waterfall City and then up to the Tabaxi Redoubt high in the mountains above. And uh, you had many misadventures along the way. You you encountered uh, sand cats and you encountered bullywugs in the mare. You encountered a bear and some wolves in the hills. You encountered some ice methods along the way. And then you got to Waterfall City and we did a skills challenge. And how did that skills challenge go? I hate good thing we have nine lives, so man. <laughs> I like skills challenges. We just—it's it, hard to do a skills challenge when you're level one. And it was a lack a, of skill challenge. Yes. it's hard to do skills challenges with us because every one of our characters are not skill based. We have two or three skills at best. 
but like say like a bard or a rogue that would have multiple skills that might make things easier like the cloud giant episode would have been a great for a bard oh yeah we need a face man for that one yeah yeah but and then with the skill shot especially the higher difficulties you you put if you want to see this all fail just make it a social one because none of us have social skills (laughs) i have some i saw it Ish. We're, we're introvert kittens. I mean, how many social skills are we going to have? Yeah. That, yeah. That's what I liked about, I don't know, I like playing the uh, tabaxi group because I get to play the rogue and I have all my proficiencies and like, is all the skills available? You can't roll below a 10. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, yeah, the, uh, the skills challenge went awry right in the beginning and kind of ran downhill and ended up with Claw and Sunset being captured and the rest of you being able to sprint away. And you got to Galchabar and you t- gave him the uh, spell book. And then Galchabar had to pull some strings behind the scenes to get Sunset and Claw sprung from prison and put you all on Dania's ship and flew you up to the top of the uh, mountain where the redoubt was. And uh, you were able to rejoin uh, the parents that had not been killed um, there at the redoubt. I think my favorite thing about the cats for role playing was watching um, Sunset be snotty. <laughs> yes. She, I mean, because as a person, I Jesse doesn't strike me as much of a person like that, but she had to try to be the mean girl and she just had so many problems just trying to get oh, that and later feeling bad. But it was hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah. The number of times she's like, I'm so sorry I said that. <laughs> yeah, she dies inside when she has to do that. Yes. But it was a great character. Yeah, it I was thought. you know big, big, huge props to her for actually playing that one all the way through and and staying in character, even though that was diametrically opposed. Um, and actually, that's that's a good question. L- let's break right here before we get into the rest of the year and just quickly go around. Has anybody ever played a character that is completely unlike you? Uh, I'm doing it in another game right now. Yes, uh, and Chad. Chad was good though. You did a good job with Chad as a that. I know he was fun. That was, that was amazing. But he was is nothing like me in the real world. What what the, mean, the, the biggest let the biggest letdown about Chad as the baddest is we did that off air. I know so, uh, that was such a great role play for you though. Well, it's still up it's on the fun. feed if anybody wants to hear the uh, joy of extra dimensional spaces playthrough. That one that one is on the feed yeah, for everyone to listen to. Just just for Chad as the baddest, if nothing else. That was that was the star on that one. It was yeah. everyone had just like named their characters, and then I said my name, and Jesse goes, <laughs> like you could hear, yeah. you could hear. Oh, it, it, it wasn't just that. I mean, everybody in the room died. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I had him send me the clip, and all my friends enjoyed it too. Yes. Yeah, er, I think the reason everyone died is everybody knows or has met somebody like that in their lifetime. It's it's the opposite of that character from uh, Harry Potter, the the teacher that everyone hates. Mm-hmm. Um, but so everyone kind of knew a person like that, but for Chad, he said, but everyone Smith knew that guy that just, he's laid back. He, you know, he, he's, he's got that family that you're like, is this real? Are you messing with me? No, this is who the, you know, it was great. I just really thought it was great. Just kind of that bubbles was, his way through life, you know, buoyed up by his oh, parents' it's, money. It, yeah. It's a horrifying thought of what Chad is the baddest would be like at level 10. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrifying, man. Yep. Little in 15. Oh boy. Yep. Yep. Now, here's the other question here. Okay. What was that, Matt? Wait. wait. If you're, ah, this would be perfect. Chadius needs to be multi class as a rogue and as a bard, because then you'd be a rogue 
and that would be a perfect. Oh, movie. Yeah. no. Why? Yeah. What about a barbarian and a rogue? Hilarious. Okay, well, so now That's here's the question. other side of that coin. Let's hear it from everybody. Who here is playing the per- the character that most resembles them? Bryce. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Bryce wins on that one. Is, is it but, more than Ireland? Is it more than Noan? I would say, for me, Noan was anti-me, and I had a hard time playing him. When I became Sorzak, Sorzak is more like me. Yeah. So he, he, my character turned into me over five years. Now, how about how about Arlen? Is is Owen more Arlen than Bryce is Cotter? Yeah, I think for me because I met met Bryce and Owen when they were younger. Arlen to me is Owen when Owen was in Scouts at first. Yes. Yes. I mean. There was a lot of maturing, and this is a compliment, Owen. I hope I don't come off as insulting, but just watching you over Zoom, there's a lot of maturing that you've done while you were in college. You're like nothing like you were in Scouts. Arlen was, Arlen was you in Scouts. And Arlen's absolute sweetheart. You know, he's got all these great ideas. He's always there to pick somebody up, to show him something new, doesn't ask for any thanks, and he just goes on to the next task, never complains. That's what I think. I think it's kind of stupid sometimes. It's not stupid. It's it's. I I don't think it's stupid at all. No, he's not. He's just kind of sometimes. He's just not worldly. Yeah, culture. He's not cultured yet. I'll take that. Yeah. So I think uh, Melanie's ranger cat reminds me a lot of her because Melanie tends to kind of sit in the background, sort of like a tabaxi, but you know has that hidden evil to uh, (laughs) certainly. uh, to certainly get you when she needs to. So, you know. Melanie, how many swords do you own? Just wondering. Swords, two. Knives, like five. Oh, Melanie, you need to come over. We need to start changing that. Yes. Far too few swords. Well, it's just a start for her eventual collection. Very good. Well, anyway, so back to the storyline. So um, we got done with the kittens miniseries, and and actually, uh, was the kittens fun? Kind of as an aside to do. I should have I stayed really dead. Liked my but besides that, yes. I kind I of agree with Bryce. I thought Bryce should have stayed dead. It would have gave it a much darker, really dangerous thing to it. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you guys are jumping forward to one of the questions that's going to come up later. Uh, but I agree as well. But uh, anyways, yeah. Um, anyways, so, um, the kittens, uh, we got done with that and, and actually it was kind of fun because, you know, here we are level 15 and jump back to level one. It was, it was kind of a, kind of a, like returning back to your, your, uh, elementary school and walking around and remembering all the good times you had there. And anyway, so back to the main party and the main party actually started getting, um, job offers from other people too. They, they become famous enough that, uh, people were actually seeking them out. And then you were off to um, Faramond's after perusing the library and finding the possibility of a gateway to the underworld because you found out that there was a group of people that were consorting with creatures from the underworld in one of the buried towns in the Mare. And uh, you got to Faramond's where the, the gnomes had summoned you because it turned out that they had gone and done an expedition to the old gnome home and uh, tried to find the, uh, the one rem- remaining gnome that, that still lived there. 
and turned out that she had died of natural causes. She was an aged gnome when you met her and had died of natural causes. So they actually had gone and taken her whole algae food-based uh, system and, and uh, trucked it all back to Pheromons and were trying to set it back up again and had found a couple of uh, interesting items that uh, were not either she hadn't given them to you or she just invented them while you were gone. Uh, the critical roles and then the Instagrams. And this actually was one of the more interesting things for myself as the dungeon master because Cotter actually ordered the Instagram machine. I was not predicting that. So that was fun. It made perfect sense to me. I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you glad you enjoyed it. Um, anyway, so then you took off to the desert and tried to excavate the town that you uh, had found in the library in Porta Magnum. And unfortunately found that it was pretty much a red herring. It was uh, buried in the sand. There was destroyed in the, in the mage wars and likely had nothing of value there. Although if it did, it would take like months of excavation and you didn't have months to, to do it. And that's when you got the summons from Galchabar who wanted you to come to the Tabaxi treehouse. Apparently he had something of great import to relay to all of you. So you took off in uh, the Pegasus, Cotter's new airship that uh, he, he, they, they now have their own uh, private jet, basically. Um, and um, then we took another quick aside. And if you remember when the um, Dragonborn nearly got killed, um, Nadar had to switch out really quick. Uh, because apparently there's something going on with the animals upstairs in, in the uh, park and he had to go find out. And so Nadar had a two episode miniseries where he went and tried to find what was uh, causing um, undead creatures to rise from uh, the uh, the park there and ran into what did you run into that was so acute and adorable there, Owen? I remember what I fought. I don't remember what I picked up. Pugsley? Pugsley the pug. Yes. Yeah. So he ran into a cute little pug who turned out to be quite tenacious. I, as they say, you know, it's not the size of the uh, dog in the fight. And um, he and Pugsley took on the forces of evil and found out that someone had had uh, put a uh, magic skull in the lake in the middle of the park and that was causing undead creatures to rise and, and attack. So he had to go and, and bring that to the Cathedral of Dynek to get it destroyed. And then we got back to the main party and when they tried to wake everybody up, Craval had changed. And he was now looking more like a half dragon than a dragonborn. And uh, actually, uh, Drew, why don't you uh, go over all of Craval's changes, physical and also ability wise? The, the biggest changes I lost, the, I dropped the barbarian levels and gained cleric levels. Um, while multiclassing was a lot of fun, I realized. Uh, I felt the character was falling behind everybody else. So by at, by uh, arranging it through the divine intervention skill, that um, that actually worked. Uh, we swapped the barbarian into the cleric and then shot up a few more levels in cleric, which freed up a couple spell slots, some higher tiered abilities to help keep the party alive. Um, so power-wise, he's a lot stronger in his magics now. Uh, visually, uh, for just the frosting on the cake... Um, his scars are now more of a, instead of being like thick and ropey, like what you would expect if somebody had been cut into or whatever, they're really thin, like spider webby. And it, it gives them more of a, uh, like a glamour or glitter when in certain lights than anything else. Um, I really liked what we did because now he kind of, um, 
in in my head, he kind of is like a, a holy shaman for now. He walks around with no armor. Um, the uh, I took the feet, uh, the dragonborn racial feet, dragon skin, I think it's called, or something where the skin's thicker, like a barbarian's is. Um, I got to put a point into his charisma, which is how I explained away the scars. And then um, he stands and walks like a like a human being instead of having more of that that T Rex look from the waist down. Yeah, very good. Um, and uh, yeah, so he um, had used the divine intervention um, ability that the clerics have and actually rolled really, really well. So um, actually rolled well enough that, yeah, his his god would have, you know, basically paid attention. So um, Kraval woke up on the ship, but it was kind of a shadowy version of the ship and found out that his god Nuwada was actually piloting the ship. And he asked him what he'd be willing to sacrifice to get this uh, ability change. And then he ended up uh, entering Groundhog Day. And he ended up having to fight his god over and over again until he finally realized the clue that was dropped in the very first encounter there, that what was he willing to to give up to uh, get this change? And what will was he willing to give up, Drew? everything yes so he had to be willing to give up everything so he he dropped his weapon and let the uh, beast that the um nuada had transformed into strike him dead and then he woke up again but this time when he approached nuada um nuada had you know touched him and burned out all of the barbarian and left him with the cleric levels so he'd, he'd got the upgrade um but changed his physical form as a uh, a mark of what had happened so anyways, um, after the party got over that shock, uh, we uh, piloted to the edge of the mare and Jade took over um, pilot, you know, guiding everybody up to the tabaxi treehouse, which was really good because you got there and all the tabaxi freaked out. But then you're with one of the great heroes of the age of the tabaxi. And she basically said, no, no, they're with me. And you went up to the top of the treehouse and there was Galchabar. And five fiery rings, uh, portals that uh, he had created. And he explained to you that he didn't think you were ready to take on a Lowal in your current state. And you needed more um, gear. You needed to uh, get these um, items that he had tracked down via the Tabaxi uh, library. And he sent you each on an individual quest. And uh, by individuals, I'm putting the air quotes up because he told you that um, you would all be separate and yet you would all be together. And you were all kind of puzzling over that one until you stepped through the rings. And we got to the very first of these, and that was Arlen's tale. And you all ended up coming out in a desert beyond Porta Magnum where there was a floating ziggurat. And uh, once again, with all, I'm using the air quotes because Arlen comes out, but everybody else looks kind of desaturated. And they're when they speak, they, it sounds like they're kind of far away. So you kind of realize that these were kind of copies of yourself that were all in the same place at the same time. So you could all be um, adventuring in all these five places in time to possibly make it back in time to take on a Lowell before the comet reached its final endpoint, and you all end up dying. So no pressure. At least I will die a good person. Yes. 
And so you uh, found an entrance to the ziggurat, which had an arcane lock on it, essentially, an arcane puzzle you had to f figure out. And when you opened up the door and stepped inside, you were on a platform looking out at a cosmos inside this ziggurat. You know, it had planets and comets and, and uh, stars off in the distance and then floating platforms. And you uh, were able to uh, go and uh, go from platform to platform. And um, the uh, platform there, uh, first one had uh, foes you had to, to defeat. And then the second and third had uh, uh, mummies, basically, that the uh, sarcophagi of the honored dead. And, and that was hilarious. Why? The uh, divine uh, fighters did very well. Yes. Arlen never even got a, a shot in, even though this was his, his quest. It was hilarious. And then you hey, find if everyone else can escort me through it and I can just take the thing at the end. Hey, yeah. Win, wait, win. wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Does that, Arlen that ever really easy. get a shot in? Oh, yeah. He, he does all the time. Fireball. Usually it's fireball. Yeah. Although, fireball. Although, that's it, it. although, as he found out, um, you know, fire magic does heal constructs. That was hilarious. Which made me sad. Yes. And uh, I still think they should have taken more fall damage. Yes. Um, and uh, then you worked your way up to the last platform where you got in a huge fight with creatures from the far realm. And that's where we paused on that storyline. And then we popped back over to the kittens real quick and Sunset was missing. So you all went looking for her and you um, ended up uh, finding her captured by some creature from the darkling world and that's where that one stops so we've got two cliffhangers we're sitting here on the end of year five and uh once again you know y'all may die real soon we'll just see um so what, what was everyone's thought on the this last year from all the way from the cloud giants to the floating ziggurat i found uh this year was very it was more of a year of uh I think character growth is, I guess, the way to put it. But it's also very frustrating because it pointed out where, like, again, with the giants and whatnot, how our our characters are powerful, but at the same time, they're still severely lacking in other ways. Yeah, really there good. There's literally bigger fish in the sea, you know, where demigods compared to Joe Cousins, but compared to giants, not so much so. Yeah, that fight was a little bit humbling. You, you all had a serious time with that. And I yeah, like, totally got owned by my dad. I yeah. mean, at that point, I'm a tough dude, but... Yeah, compared to the forces out. of the underworld? Wiped out. Yeah. I don't think we even got a long rest while we were up there. I mean, I think it all happened like in the course of a day. That's how bad, that, that's how bad everything went for us. Everything kind of went downhill within a 24-hour period. Yeah, yeah, you, you were found out, so you basically had to, to move in and move out as fast as possible, yeah. Yeah, because I know I was down a fourth level spell almost the entire time because I used it to summon my fairies at, like, the beginning. Yeah, but your fairies ended up being, like, one of the clutchiest items we did <laughs> was that, uh, using that spell creatively. Mm -hmm. That and then watching Owen have to play the bad guy as a lowall was pretty <laughs> And I think, yeah, that was pretty good. Pretty good job. Yeah. For an uncultured farmer to have to be like some uber lich. But at the same time, that was also the role that really kind of doomed you all at that point. So, 
Uh, Uncultured farmer playing a uber lich. Yes, <laughs> not quite carrying it off, but there we are. Anyway, so what was everybody's favorite part of this last year, from Cloud Giants all the way to the Ziggurat? So, so Matt, why don't you, why don't you uh, let us know what was what was your favorite part of this last year? Um, I have a couple of parts. I liked the the formation of Sorzok, how that accumulated into family both within the party and within a tribe and actually finding who he is in real life or in game life. Um, I actually liked exploring my kitten. You know, I have a fun backstory there and I'm hoping we get to play those some more. Yeah, we may just, we may just, yeah. And Melanie, how about you? What was your favorite part of this last year? Um, I really enjoyed the kittens. <laughs> uh, I had my kitten idea like so far before like uh the release of it or like the you told us to build our characters. I had my cat idea. Yeah, it was really fun and naming all the cousins. Yeah, the cousins were great. When we got to the the readout and you had all your cousins names it was just fantastic. Very good. And Bryce, how about you? What was your favorite part of this last year? Um I'd say I think my favorite part was the gnome, the old gnome home uh, investigation and all the puns everywhere, everything. You said that, right? No, that was, that was a previous one. The, 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 gnome, the gnome time around this time, remember they had uh, tra oh. brought all the gnome gear back to Pheromons and had discovered the critical roles and, uh, ah, okay. and then, and then the uh, Instagrams. I guess my favorite part was the, uh, yeah, um, the experience of the kittens and what happened and then what didn't happen on audio, that was kind of fun. So what what didn't happen on audio that made it so much fun? Uh, just like, I, have you mentioned this before? Am I releasing this information for the first time? I don't know. Tell us and we'll find out. Okay. Um, well, we played through the whole kitten's first episode or first two episodes and then the files didn't transfer or something and we had to re-record them yeah yeah we had we had a file that disappeared so yeah so it was interesting to play through and then okay but now that we need to record it again but it's going to be the same thing and then the same things didn't happen the same way again but you still like woke up the weakest members before the barbarians I'm not sure about that. But anyway, just that sort of thing. And then the fact that my character died and dealing with that, even if it was short term. Yeah, that definitely. Was, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, Owen, what was your favorite part of this last year? I kind of like taking a back seat for like other people. Um, last the year prior with the sources of the shore and everything like that and Arlen exploding all the time. Um, it was just like a really, it was nice to finally like be able to take a break and not have Arlen in the spotlight for the entire time. Um, and like I said, uh, for the last update, I was really excited to um, find out um, no one's backstory. And I'm really happy that we were able to really get into that character and see it evolve over this last year. 
Yeah, well, you know, the, you always want uh, the uh, characters to be able to shine. But yeah, I guess it's it's kind of nice to uh, be able to take a backseat now and again and not be under the pressure to uh, to perform there. And uh, then finally, Drew, what, what was your um, what was your favorite part of the year here? Uh, I'm not sure if I actually had a favorite part. Um, it was all there was a, such a hodgepodge of ups and downs with um, stress and, and enjoyment and laughter. Um, I certainly enjoyed watching everybody branch out with different characters, watching Melanie become the meaty truck with hay and just <laughs> how likable she was. And then watching um, Bryce go from, you know, Uber slayer extraordinaire of Paladin down to a more philosophical monk was tremendously funny. And then even watching Bryce play uh, Snow or... Uh, Mewing? Yeah, Bryce was Nep. Owen was playing Snow. Snow and, and just the different characters probably get the chance to watch everybody grow and, and, and examine different parts of their personalities and challenges with these characters. That's probably it. Yeah, really good. And, and so what was everyone's least favorite part of this whole year? So Matt, why don't you start us off with that one again? My least favorite... Actually, I should probably put mine in yeah. before we start yeah. that. So my, my favorite part of the year actually was no one's backstory finally coming out. Um, you know, I, as, I, as I said to, to Matt before we got into that episode, I actually wrote that up six years ago when everyone gave me their characters. And I so I, I wrote the, the final, you know, the, their backstory reveal way back then and then, you know, try to write that into the story. So that was that was definitely my favorite part of there. Anyway, so Matt, what was your least favorite part? Oh, let me see. That's hard to say. I don't really have least favorites. Um, hmm. You have to get back to me on that. It could just be that all of it was your favorite, so that's good, too. Yeah, I liked it all. I mean, I, I can't say I had, like, a negative experience or I wish something had gone the other way, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and, and actually, let's just throw it open. Does anybody have like a moment that stood out that was your least favorite part of this whole last year? Or was it all just kind of good? I definitely, it was just like out outside of game. I was really bummed that my schedule really got in the way. So I wasn't able to like complete the kitten line or like complete the dragonborn line. And I had to like, we had to figure out how to get my characters out of those situations because I was there for the first one. And then... I wasn't there for the next two. So I had to, I was really bummed, but I was able to, I liked listening and like seeing what everybody else did and then making up these really weird ways of looping my character back in at the very end. Um, my snow monologue up at the readout was very fun. So yeah, the, uh, real life gets in the way. And, and actually somebody, someone had a great post on the internet uh, with the uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out. They said what they should do is they should just stop the movie halfway through and then the entire audience has to get together and figure out when they can all get to back together again to finish it. And it's so true. <laughs> uh, anybody else have any any items there over the last year that, uh, that uh, were kind of your least favorite part? It's not really a complaint. Uh, I think it's more of a kind of a laugh, but one of my least favorite things is when I don't get to play some of these really neat side characters anymore. Um, it was a real treat to pick up Spoon again, but there's also still Black and Heskin, and um, they're just they were dabbles in different classes and a 
races and abilities. And it's like, wow, I'd really like to keep pushing forward with these characters, but you know, obviously you can't, you got your one character and it's just, it just, it's like, it's like wetting your appetite, but not actually eating your fill. It's just, it, so it's kind of, I say it with a smile on my face because it's been so much fun, but sometimes that's the hardest thing is realizing that might be the last time I see Heskin. I might be the last time with black and I, or uh, snow or foggy may do whatever Bryce's character's name was. <laughs> But that it just that's or even chattiest the baddiest like oh I would love to see more of that but knowing that you may never do it yeah and that's the trouble with the little one shot characters uh, but we we've been bringing them back from time to time so you never know um, so for, for my part the the one part I was unhappy with was not killing Bryce's kitten um, at the time I was panicked because if we you know. We, Bryce's character, Nep, got leveled by the bear. And then at the time I was like, but if I take him out, then Bryce will just be like sitting here for the next like five episodes staring at us. And that won't be fair. But, you know, in retrospect, really, I, I kind of thought about it. It's like, no, it would have been so much more dramatic if Nep had died and the party had to like do a burial and a eulogy and all that and then move on with the, you know, the death of their friend hanging over them. It would have been so much more dramatic. So in, in retrospect, really wish I'd done that. Um, and I think we kind of all agree on that one. One thing I wish I didn't do, not in a character sense, but in like a gameplay is how I changed Jade. I don't know if it was like only this year when I changed her or last year, but uh, she seems like she's falling behind everyone and she's weaker than everyone in a way because she only does like 1d8 damage if she hits and i feel like i'm rolling worse and worse it seems like she's keeping up with everyone because uh, she's definitely contributing but yeah I, I don't know if i agree with you mel because well one we haven't had done a lot of combat recently but the thing about jade that's interesting um being a ranger class is you get to dip sim similar to bryce you get to dip into pa spells that augment your abilities in combat. Mm -hmm. And then out of combat, you still have more spells that can change the entire outcome of a pal scenario. Case in point, nobody else in the group could have summoned fairies. Yes. <laughs> and then I'll have eight fairies all with the ability to polymorph. And I had to plan would, around that because uh, it yeah. could just totally mess up an encounter, you know? So uh, don't, don't be too hard on yourself and Jade. Jade is a very multi-talented character it'll just take some creative thinking to see where she shines but she really is like a master key to a lot of locks right now and really in a lot of ways you and maybe now that she multi-class adri jesse are the only two characters that can really dip into a variety of non-combat related skills and get us through some tough spots craval's a hammer and a healer you know, no one is the uh, secondary tank and guider. Arlen's our nuker, and Bryce is also a meat shield. There's not a lot things that we can do outside of combat to get us through those sticky moments. That's what we really lean on on Jade for, and we lean on Adri for because they're the stalkers and and the lock pickers now, and all that. That's stuff that we sorely needed. Now we have because you're in the group. Your character is phenomenal. It just it's a little harder to see outside of combat but you're just as great in combat as out of combat you're all around 
great character. And to add to that on the combat side, um, I think we're beginning to work more cooperatively mm -hmm, after mm -hmm, five, yep. five years. We're still pretty much just doing our own thing. But Jade, if you, if you teamed up with someone and the whole party should be doing it, but you would work tremendously in cooperation with someone. Like you're an archer, put the tank in front of you, make you untouchable mm -hmm. and just rain death. There's all sorts of stuff that we can do to promote your strengths instead of just saying, yeah, you go run over there and guess what? The, the mummies sprint after you. You're like, well, great, thanks. You know, and actually, so there's stuff that we can all do to to make everyone even stronger collectively. Yeah, and, and on that point, I mean, just take a step back and think, what would the party be like without each of the pieces that's in there? What would it be like without Arlen? I mean, he, his ability to zap you to the other side of the kingdom has just become so integral, right? Um, it would Have be we a, used it twice or three times now? Several times now, yeah. More than five. It's how More we got five? out of the Underdark. Really? Yeah, it's how we got out of the Underdark. It's how we got out of the Giants. It's how we got into the Giants, it's, really. Yeah, yeah, it's how we got and how that. No, we flew up to the Giants. Yeah. We well, but like it. we got in with his like seeming and him mm -hmm. playing, oh, yeah. him playing mm -hmm. the yeah. lead role. We you and we have jetted a couple because we're still waiting to find the rest of those circles. But everywhere we have a circle now, we have a quick, uh, a quick escape. You know, it, it's completely revamped how that NPC in Porta Magnum now because he has one circle in his tower. Guess what? Now it's claimed by other people. Sorry, but not sorry. And we only have like matters of days before the end of days, so yes. that power comes even more relevant. Well, that's the thing is that we're actually not sure if it is the end of days because we're still not sure if the comet has really anything to do other than be a focal point to kind of draw our attention. We don't know what, if anything, that, that comet is. Yeah. So what is the comet? That's a, that's a pretty good question. So we'll have to see. And, uh, but anyways, um, the next question up for grabs here, um, is we've now had everybody's backstory come out. Um, it's taken us five years to do to five of them or six of them, but everyone's backstory, except really Jade, we haven't really explored your backstory. So maybe something's coming there. We'll just have to see. Mm -hmm. um, part of the problem with coming in in, in mid uh, mid campaign. Uh, but what is everybody's favorite backstory that's that's come out so far? So any anybody got a, a favorite that's popped up so far? Your balls is my favorite. I mean, Kravals yeah, I yeah. agree. Well, I mean, let's look. You went from what a cleric to a psychopath that we all wanted to get, wanted to ice you, to a barbarian, to a barbarian leader, to someone who rallies the different tribes of the barbarians, to someone who's become the leader of our party when we have a super rich paladin, but Kravals a warlord. So. If you look at that evolution and the sacrifice you had to make to to best serve the party, and who knows what that's going to do to the tribe, right? You're not the barbarian anymore. We don't know. So if you look at that evolution and the backstory and that growth, I'd say it's pretty epic. I, ne I know I never gave it much thought. Um, I know that I, I knew what I wanted to do. Um like in a story sense, because I didn't want him to be just like this young buck. 
but other than that, it's really nice to hear that. Thank you. So anybody else have a backstory that's not Creval's that was your favorite? I, I don't know why anyone's not saying it, but Owen coming up with the random stuff when we saw his family is just that I'm counting that as part of the backstory. Everything from the unfortunate passing of his sister to the favorite cow <laughs> to, I mean, just, just those little minute things, like even the tattoo, you know, that's just that that's been my favorite. I mean, Adri and Jesse, Jesse with Adri has been the greatest, like for me, uh, coming of player or however you want to call it, maturation of a player and mm-hmm. character. But just in that, those little things that just make you just drop your jaw down. I think Owen's got it by far. I mean, just like drinking the rose flavored soup, sheer platinum gold there. Yeah, and, and Owen's backstory actually appeared twice. First, we found out about it in the Mare early on. And, and Owen, I don't know if you remember, but when that came out and you found the shack with the guy with the tiger mask, I turned over to you and you were like white and shaking. And we talk, talk about the power of a, of a, uh, a game to promote these, uh, these emotions. But uh, what, what, what were you thinking way back then? Well, I, what? how old was I? Well, five years younger than now. At least five. At least five, yeah. yes. Sorry, right. at least 13. <laughs> so I was like 16. Um, and I had no idea what to do. He was like, write a backstory. And I was like, okay, creepy backstory time. Yeah, and, and I then to kick it back to you because it was too creepy. I'm like, make this less creepy. And then I said, okay, how about more creepy? Um, but just like I wasn't expecting for Arlen's backstory to come out first um like the first couple episodes really delved into it and so I still didn't know what to do with the microphone I didn't fully understand the concept of like podcast at the time and like etiquette and really role-playing because like through the podcast I've been like gotten exposure for five years of playing and back then I didn't have that and I was really like nervous because I was expecting someone else to go first so I had an example of what to go off of but since it was me first I got very nervous (laughs) fun excitement it's kind of interesting on this question of backstories none of us talked to I don't think talk to each other I don't know if, if Matt and Jesse did either about backstories or what they would say, but if you really look at the subject matter of it, Arlen's was the was one of being, um, I want to say victimized in terms of like, you know, he was taken, experimented on, kicked away, now living with a curse of some sort, and then having to address that and go through that, and then having it come back when he thought he finally kicked it down to have to do it again, so just a, a reoccurring nightmarish figure. Uh, Bryce is like a coming of age, um, leaving town, how, leaving his home because he wasn't happy with how he felt things were run, or maybe thinking they should, you know, with a more of a some sort of loftier, higher, whatever. Going away, then coming back with a total different mindset or a reinforced mindset, and then having to step into the role that he left, and then go forth with that. You have the story of uh, complete abandonment that is no, that is Zorzok. I refuse to call him no one. And then, um, and you also have the one with Adri, which is her rebelling, a story of rebellion. 
I am not going to be what you guys want me to be. You know, it, 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 all different facets of backstories, all great themes that people write books about. And it just kind of came through in our little podcast here, a little bit of something for everybody. And your backstory, a blank page. <laughs> yeah, the mine's mine's a cautionary tale. Don't do that. Don't give your dungeon master a blank page. Not because it's a horrible idea, because it is, but it it, it really at, at the time it seemed like a good idea, but it was really a cop out. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think Craval would have been as interesting as he is now had I come up with a backstory on my own, because there was a lot of organic. I say organic for fantasy, which is funny, but it was a lot of growing that occurred as a as a player than as a character that now five years later this is the first time in a while well not the first time but it's the continuation of the feeling of i finally feel like the characters where it was supposed to be from the beginning so i don't know if i would have found that if i had wrote in some other silly little story and then be like what the heck did i write you know yeah it was a lot of it well it, it is a cautionary tale I, I remember um rodrigo from the critical hit um podcast basically saying it's like once you give me uh, the dungeon master your backstory it's mine to do with because this is my world. And I, th I think all of you had that experience where, you know, you gave me the backstory and then I'm like, okay, and I'm going to write a story from this. And, and this is where we ended up. So, well, speaking of ending up um, for the last question for us all here, um, what do we think is coming next? So we've, we've got the, the five items or five challenges. We got to meet multiple items. Um, got to go in and each, obviously each character has a, um, adventure they're about to go on just to get the item to power them up enough to actually face a low all in the end. But so what, what do we think is coming up next? Why don't we go in reverse order? I've been, I've been picking on Matt here. So why don't we uh, pick on, on Drew? Why don't, and, uh, what, what do we think is coming up next, Drew? I don't know. <laughs> um, just where we left off with Arlen, um, has me really concerned about whether or not we're going to make it through because these monsters are hitting way harder than we are, it feels like. Um, so, and we, I mean, we've only undone one of six locks and it's triggered this fight. This is the protection for the first lock. If there's more protection for the higher up locks, wow, what? You know? Um, and then who knows what we're going to face in the other trials for the other items um and then that's still not approach the fact that we still may or may not have to go to the underworld because i think that was the the last other one that seemed to be what um, the last uh, stanza in the oracle's but, poem was saying yeah yeah but it's still you know just to bring up the same thing that i always have to bring up there's still another phylactery out there because lowell took one and in my opinion, that was the real one. So we're kind of just killing off these other ones just to make darn sure that, that was the real one. But, you know, so I, I see a lot of, you know, trials and tribulations where, you know, dump, dump, dump for all characters involved. Really think about every action we take because just with these current monsters, they're not, they're not forgiving in any way, shape, or form at these levels. Yeah, you guys have entered a whole new echelon of uh, of foes here. And how about you, Owen? What do you what do you think is coming up next? Honestly, I have no idea. Um, you keep throwing curveballs at us left and right, um, and I hope that in the next year we get a dead Alowal, <laughs> like real dead, not like fake dead, like he is, like real dead. He already like, is dead. You're yeah, right. but like re real, dead. real dead, real dead, the true death. Yes. And Bryce, since you just chimed in, what do you think is coming up next? 
I'm hoping that um, like the story's been growing grander as time goes on. I'm hoping that in now that we have the comet directly overhead, we have our five lines, and then I'm hoping the story just sort of funnels itself like this is like all the dominoes start to fall over and hit themselves together and then we finish all the tasks and then finish all the other tasks and then we have our last goal that does that make any sense at all yeah it sure does okay <laughs> that's good to hear because i wasn't sure but yeah just like we have our five tasks and after that we have our one maybe two tasks and hopefully after that there's one task just a, a shrinking of our goals and aims as we wrap up the fight. Yeah, very good. And how about you, Melanie? What do you think is coming up next? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully level 20. That would be cool to see everyone in their final stage. You hope to gain five levels in the next four days? Yeah, honestly. Well, there's five copies of you, so each one can earn, <laughs> earn a level. So, yeah. And, you know, deck of many things, hey. Mm-hmm. I, absolutely I don't not. think that's absolutely the not right move no. <laughs> i think it's the what could possibly move. go wrong so is that not the motto for this podcast yeah pretty Seriously. much yes <laughs> and then matt what do you think is coming up last i thought the motto for this podcast would be what could possibly go wrong and then a list of things that do yeah well you know <sighs> I'm not quite as optimistic as the rest of these guys. I think Alowal's really the red herring. I think someone's controlling Alowal. I think we're going to go, yay, and you're going to give us our little baronies or something, and then we're going to get kicked in the butt for real. So it's kind of like Lord of the Rings where each of the uh, Dark Lords is really just a servant of the the following Dark Lord that uh, rises from the ashes of the previous Dark Lord. Yeah, I mean, it's like, ah, uh, Adri's bar- Baroness, and, you know, we got a Baron here, and we got the Uber Warlord, and we got someone sitting in their castle. I don't know where Sorzok's going to be in some hut somewhere like Obi-Wan. But it doesn't matter. Everyone's going to feel they won, and you're going to pull the rug from underneath us. Um, well, that is my play style, but, uh, but yeah, and, and actually, it's been kind of fun talking about, you know, how we don't know what's going to happen next, because um, really... I didn't know what was going to happen next. I had I had mapped out pretty much what you're doing to level five. That that was kind of on rails. There really wasn't too much of a chance. And then I didn't know where you're going to go after that. So it's been real fun following you guys around the kingdom as you've been trying to unearth all these things. And uh, for the uh, the five items, I really didn't know where we we're going to go to at this point. And then I kind of latched onto this idea that um, you would have to conquer items of power in order to face a Lowell. Because basically I was looking at Lowell, I'm like, these guys are going to get aced by him. So, um, yeah, I decided that this would be kind of a, a, a uh, the proper way to uh, spend the, you know, the 15 to 20 level range. And uh, then we'll see what happens when you get to the final battle. So that will be very interesting, I must say. Very good. Well, we better wrap this up. We've been going at it for a little while. Um, and um, any final thoughts anybody has as we go into year six here? I think we should talk about Star Wars for the next 90 minutes. No. <laughs> I Actually, I just had a thought, something to go back on when you're saying things that you know, your least favorite things. I finally have one. Um, 
when I'm sitting at the table and somebody makes a really good roll, we think we've got something really positive rolling, and then you say this sentence, and then something interesting happens. <laughs> I'm going to get that put on a shirt for you. Oh, please. I would love that. Because, yeah, there's been there's been so many I think things. A, I think like a cup or a mug would do well as well. Yes. And a hat. So I can just have them all on at the same time. Maybe a sticker. Yes. Maybe a sticker on a hat. There we go. So any other final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, yeah. So it seems like the biggest thing we agreed on from the last year is that you should have killed more children. Yes. <laughs> you, you guys are bloodthirsty in that regard. But there we are. How did we come to that decision? Where did we come to that? <laughs> she wanted to end the episode with that. Please don't end the episode with that. The kittens. Okay. okay. Oh, you know what? Okay, I'm glad everyone's here. I wish that one other person was here because like I, I have to ask this because I asked Michael this and he couldn't give me a straight answer. For the for for canon, how old are these kittens? Because so, I thought they were kids. So yeah, we I'm can't old. be like I don't five year kids. old second level characters man yeah so so they're they're definitely not five-year-old but the, these would be like you know so like we said you know these would be right out of their apprenticeships so they'd be what like mid-teens or something like that so we're talking like max level um sorry level excuse me max age of like 16 right something like that's that yeah that's kind of what i got in my head yep all right because i was confused about that and by the way there's no way zorzok is going to live like a hermit op, like obi-wan there's no way that that if he's alive that Craval is going to allow that. He's, you know, you're the storyteller, and you you're a whole other branch the dragon war can take. He's going to talk to you about that. This is what we need to do then. If I'm the storyteller, and I want to be part of the dragonborn, I need to lead or co-lead a band of dragonborn barbarians and take out that ancient white dragon and claim the lair as my home. Oh, you and I need to talk because I had that same thought. <laughs> then so I'm the storyteller. <laughs> if he does um, take out the and claim that um, big cave, then he will always have the high ground. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well, I, I know I, our next story. Yes. I, I hate to actually put oh, it this way, take, but take lose 50 XP. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll take it. So <laughs> I, I hate to put it this way, but um, I think you'll find that um, the white dragon's already dead. What? After we get to the end of the story, that something interesting will happen. Mm-hmm. I'm worried. And on that no. note, Zoom uh, error, zoom error. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening in for yet another year. And yes, some interesting things are going to happen in this next year. And, and the whole party looks like they're either going to live or die in this crazy, or maybe both in this, uh, in this crazy next year. So what's going to happen? We'll have to wait for the next episode to find out. Until then, rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com with questions or comments. Follow us at Relic of the Past or Relic of the Past Podcast on your social media feeds. And thank you for playing in the world that lives in all of our heads. <laughs>